You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Welcome to Shot of History. Welcome back to Shot of History. I'm Stephanie. I am uh, the color man, Big Dad. <laughs> I'm he Calvin. Even know what he is. I'm Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> That's Dave. Tilly, tilly, tilly. <laughs> and I'm Ellie. And also Jen is here. Hi, yes. I'm Jen. <laughs> All right. So we, we lost a couple people, but that's, you know, well, one person. That, that happens. It feels, we lost Melissa. It feels, it feels like, like it's been weeks since we've done this, though. Yeah. It really At has. At least one week. So At many least. weeks. Yeah. It's been <laughs> so. one week since you talked to me. I, I'm sorry. I was channeling. Uh, well You're done. Canadian well side. Done. Yeah. Canadian. I didn't know the lyrics because I'm you black, got called but I'm Canadian. just saying I was going to go there. I, dude, I got asked if I was Canadian earlier because <laughs> I was so polite. No, Calvin. No, Calvin, I need you to pay attention to this. <laughs> I got asked just, if I was Canadian. I totally did. I got asked if I was Canadian earlier because I was so polite to like strangers. Oh, I that's I feel like I have to up my asshole very, game. Very like I like yeah. I I I, You're I mm, give it five minutes. <laughs> I was He's trying to get your business right now. <laughs> <laughs> Once he knows you're not a client, <laughs> fuck you. Right. Like, I was I was I, I was scared. Like I, <laughs> that was the part he was waiting I for. Do, me I, for. I, like, I, dude, I got, you, I got, I got accused of being Canadian. Skirt. Do you want permission? Skirt. Uh, so if you have my permission, you skirt. <laughs> so today, anyways, Ellie is going to be our historian, oh and God, yes, we're going to get some is. musical history knowledge dropped on us. But before we do that, it's time to do a shot. Buffalo Trace is going around Shit, like wildfire. What do you? Is that Buffalo like Trace? That is the trace. All right, yeah, so insensitive. And we got some vodka. You know, I got like a vodka soda. On the Shout side. out to Nana Cherry. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. all. Cheers. Ooh. If you're not already following Buffalo Trace on Twitter, <sighs> you should be. Yes, absolutely. Because I inter- be. uh, well, I interact with them quite regularly because they they they're. they're they're good people. They're like uh, Wendy's light. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, so they're like super savage to people? On, on- <laughs> they will be. Right. Yes. Oof, like, we've been drinking a lot of Buffalo Trace. Obvi- obviously, we love Buffalo right. Trace. We don't need to be savaged by <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, I, mean, I don't lady. know about uh, You speak for yourself. I mean... <laughs> Okay. Ravaged. You ravaged. Ravaged. Not savage. Ellie's willing to be savaged by anyone, anything, anytime. Let's be clear. Yeah, let's be real here. Um, Oh, my God. Speaking of hoes, we've got Franz List on the program today. So um, we're going to talk about Franz List and the phenomenon of listomania. Uh, So we're going to start where... Can I unsubscribe or No. (laughs) No. We're gonna start <laughs> where I think that was an heard. emphatic no. <laughs> We're gonna start where everyone's heard the term mania in terms of musicians, which is Beatlemania. So the term first appeared in print in the Daily Mail in 1963, in October 1963, and about ten days later in the Daily Mirror, um, following their October 13th performance on the London Palladium TV show, their popularity skyrocketed. Um, it's reported that over 40 pairs of abandoned knickers from, quote, Ooh, abandoned me, knickers. What? Abandoned 
Knickers. That's a direct quote no. from Young. It literally is. As in uh, Knickerbockers, correct? As pants. N- no, Knickers. No, Under, Knickers that you like, like as underwear. in panties. Your pantaloons. Calvin. Bloomers. Uh, okay. uh, from right. Young Female Fans. Pantaloons. Had to be cleared away after a performance in Hall. It got to the point Whoa. where uh, George Harrison lamented the more famous. I'm fam- listening. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Like a, like a full on like, uh, shop room. Just yeah, to yeah. get him off the stage. It got to the point where George Harrison lamented, quote, the more fame we got, the more girls came to see us. Everybody making noise so nobody could hear us. And it was just insane. So the term Beatlemania was applied to that. And that really applied to, like, you know, the crazy fandom that ensued. Um, where did that come from, though? That was that was the first time that mania had been um, applied to a musician since Franz Liszt. So we're going to rewind to 1811 when Franz Liszt was born. Oh, Back shit. in the day. Um, he was born in 1811 in Hungary. Um, his two... Uh, <laughs> Pandas get wet, but not being dropped. Uh, <laughs> you know, his father played the violin, this piano. Is a penny dropper. Thank you. Uh, no. No, not the violin. Okay, fine. Continue. So, Liszt's father played the piano, violin, cello, and guitar, and he had worked for um, Prince Nicholas II, Esterhazy, and his dad knew Haydn and Beethoven personally, and a bunch of other composers. Okay, Beethoven I know. Who the fuck is Haydn? Haydn, um, H-A-Y-D-N. Um, he was basically Beethoven's, one of Beethoven's teachers oh, um, in okay, the classical cool. period. So right. Beethoven was basically the bridge between the classical era of music, which was more formalized, okay. and the romantic era of music, which was more like, let's write mu- our emotions into music. Uh, his, I feel his like son, we should have... His I, son was seeking... <laughs> I f- what? Shut up. <laughs> Hayden's son was seeking. Uh, fun fact. Seeking. I got it. I know, I got it. But I feel, sister. okay, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, here's the deal, Ellie. I feel like you and I should hang out more often because you drop names in music and in theater as if I should know who they are. And you, you talk about them and I'm like, shit, I don't know who they are. Yeah. We should go have a drink so you can school me on this shit. So I'm glad you knew immediately when I was like, who's that guy? <laughs> you immediately put it out there. Yeah. So I love that. And this well, is all you. videos. That's so cool. Now it is. I love uh, that shit. Public knowledge. This is stuff that I don't study, so um, it's cool. Fun fact: right. my sister, uh, my sister's name is Lyndon because she and I were both hashtag Ellie is not my real name. Um, <laughs> what? My, what? Plot twist. <laughs> uh, my sister's name is Lyndon, and uh, she was named after a song and um, like an old like English art song, folk song. And her friends in high school nicknamed her Din so that when they saw her, they could say Hayden because they were all music nerds. <laughs> Hi, Dove. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. So uh, Liszt, Franz Liszt's dad knew all these like famous composers. Um, Franz learned piano from his dad around age seven, and he was composing as early as nine. He was published, a published composer. <laughs> this is... It's getting really uncomfortable in here. <laughs> I don't even know what that My pants. He was a published fucking composer by the time he was 11. And he was published in... 11? Um, at 11. At 11? Oh, my God. I'm, like, worried so about, like... And to top it all off, he was published in an anthology of piano variations um, alongside Beethoven. Hmm. And he was the only child who's... Where he was the only person probably under the age of like 16 or 18 whose works were in that anthology. Okay, so here's a question. So he was no joke. In, in that, uh, in that Wait, era, though. So, here. Okay, so it's, 2000, <laughs> it's 2018 now. If an 11-year-old did that kind of stuff, we consider them a prodigy or a savant. Yeah. At that, in that era, would he, be, would he have been considered 
a prodigy or savant, or were there other eleven-year-olds doing the same um, thing? Basically, the, the the main one before him was like Mozart, who was composing at age like five. So Jesus he Christ, was, yeah. so he was way behind oh, the, yeah, way behind want, the eight ball. I gotta do. I gotta. <laughs> you do ain't no episode. Mozart. No, I gotta do an episode just on Mozart sometime because if you ever want to feel bad about yourself and like what have you accomplished in your life, <laughs> just look at fucking Mozart. When I was in high school, I was like. I was playing one of orchestra, uh, one of uh, his orchestra like pieces in in because I play the cello, and I looked at when it was written, and I figured out that Mozart was eighteen when he wrote it, and I or seventeen when he wrote it, and I was like, oh my god, that's so hot. <laughs> um, she got a little horny in her bloomers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in her undercarriage in my, area, in my uh, knickers. So like she's like she a quadricycle. What the fuck? Yeah, I was. I dropped my knickers <laughs> promptly. Right dropped your what? Um, so and then his dad died in 1827. Oh. So Franz and his mom moved to Paris, and Franz had to support his family. So he taught lessons in piano playing and composition. Um, when he was sixteen, and he was sixteen at the time, so he was—I mean, basically an adult at that in, in that time period. He was drinking and smoking heavily, and he kept unusual hours, and those became like life habits of his. Blah blah blah. He fell in love and almost died, like and right wanted right to be a monk, and blah blah musician. blah. You know, like you do because he was oh, like everybody's yeah. life. Like I mean, everybody. just yeah. like you know. that. Um, he played catch up uh, because he wasn't very educated. So he played catch up by reading a lot, and he met a lot of people. And you know how like celebrities like all know each other. Well, it was kind of like that. Like he knew. A lot of um, he met Victor Hugo and Heinrich Heine, and even like my, he was friends with my my favorite crazy romantic composer Hector Berlioz, who if you go oh back oh my and, god Hector and if you go back and listen said? shut up if you go back and listen that to episode twenty no idea who they are <laughs> if you go back <laughs> and listen right I love this Victor Hugo wrote like Les Mis the, okay, Victor Hugo Hunchback I got um, it right. Okay. And, Demi uh, Moore played Esmeralda in the Disney verse. She was like, you son of a... It was the first time that Disney ever kind of put almost a swear word in a movie. Um, sidebar, yeah. Avon Players is doing Hunchback of Notre Dame uh, coming out Thanksgiving. If you so. live in Rochester, Michigan, that'd be great. Um, but uh, he was friends with my favorite crazy romantic composer, Hector Berlioz, who I talked about in episode like 20 or something, um, where he like... He was so crazy that he like... Um, he wanted to. He plotted to kill his ex fiance and her husband by like mm. dressing up as a French maid. Yeah, and then left that. You remember that? So it'd be like a yeah. mis- yeah. it'd be like a dark, dark version, super dark version of Mrs. Doubtfire. I tell the fuck <laughs> I tell that story every Christmas because at the church where I sing, it's, we do a Hector Berlioz piece every year at Christmas, and so every year I'm like, fun fact, and everyone listens to the tale of Hector Berlioz. But why does everyone who's running that choir like Hector Berlioz? Because they picked the music. Say that five yeah. times fast. Nope. Not happening. <laughs> so, None of us. I'm going to move on. Uh, in 1832, Franz oh. is 21, and he goes to this charity concert for victims of the Parisian cholera ep- epidemic. The what? Which at this... The Parisian cholera epidemic. Oh, cholera. Okay, uh, I thought right, you said cholera. cholera. Sorry. Cholera. Okay, sorry. Cholera, I'm fine. a little tipsy. It's fine. Um, so it, and it's it was, So I'm going to give you... That's why we're you here. You don't have to do a shot, but... That's water. <laughs> It is a vodka tonic. Thank you. Okay. Cool. Um, That's water. It's a peach vodka tonic. Mm. You can shut your dick holster. Okay. Oh, your dick holster. Um, wow. So I'll this jokes is- on you. Already shut down. <laughs> oh my god! You're already filled. Encourageable? <laughs> Incorrigible. It's courageable. Shut up. In no. Dickman. Oh my it's not. It's incorrigible. No, uh, she's she's right. No. Thank you, Dev. I mean she has a teacher. minor here. So, she's wrong. She's right. Nope. Continue. Just love you. Fuck it. Um Will do. 
Pari- uh, he goes to this uh, <laughs> charity concert for victims of Parisian cholera epidemic hosted by wildly popular violin virtuoso Niccolo Paganini. Um, Paganini, I could do a whole episode on him as well. He was like, he was one of those guys where like he clearly had like some physical deformities, like he had Murfin syndrome, where he like everything was elongated, mm-hmm. like he had really long, spindly fingers. Tell me more. He's one of those names <laughs> you told me that I actually know that. Yeah, Pagan- So he was like, like there, there have been plays and stuff written about him where like people surmised that he was such a good violinist because he like sold his soul to the devil. Um, but the, uh, as you second, do, as second you do. time that we've mentioned uh, Satan. <laughs> so, um, Satan also writes things. Yes. He, he's a published author. Yes. So, uh, he. So it was hosted by Paganini, and List was like, "Oh my gosh, I need to be as good as pi- as good at piano as Paganini as a violin. I need to do that." So he picked up a whole bunch of new techniques, including this one called the three hand. Don't sweat the technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, including this one called the three hand technique, which is supposed to be where like where you're arpeggiating, so you're playing these notes sort of in a flowy manner. Um, that's my best definition of arpeggiate. Stop shaking the table, Calvin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I'm I'm sorry, your wife is here to pretend your dick is that big. Thank that's, you. that's great. Um, that's phenomenal. But yeah. basically, the three hand technique is where you like you're playing with you. two hands, but you put I the mean, melody you know. in the middle, and right. then you're arpeggiating on the outside. So it sounds like you're playing with three hands. That's and, amazing. And he, they were not really using octaves, which is like playing, you know, a D, a low D, and a high D at the same time. They were not because it stretched the hand. I feel a like lot. Calvin's a low D. And they D. weren't really. <laughs> Thank you. Ding. They weren't ding, really ding. Um, uh, they weren't really using octaves that much in piano playing, and so he really he wanted to do that because it was new and it was exciting. So he developed he picked up all these new techniques and sorry, this is then, Cal coming in from Cincinnati. <laughs> fucking Dave's dead mom from Cincinnati while y'all are in Detroit. That's the Maybe long D. We're gonna need to have a talk about getting that dick cleaned. <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired, motherfucker. Not not on me. (laughs) Not against me. Not against me. Don't judge me. I'm gonna have some issues right into the mic. What? We're gonna have to I just I just I'm like, not the first time your wife launches your skin your dick. anyway. So Franz List, he then became he while he was learning all these new techniques. He was working with Berlioz extensively. He became friends with Polish composer and pianist uh, Frederick Chopin. Pianist? Thank you. Frederick Chopin. And um, which if <laughs> leads to the great joke of, you know, wh- how does a musician how does a musician know what they need to buy from the grocery store? They check their Chopin list. Ha 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 ha. Um, I, I don't get it. So, because Chopin and List, and some people might pronounce Shopping. it Chopin List. Oh. Shopping yeah. List, mm-hmm. yeah. So they became friends, and because he was friends That's with Chopin, Chopin was really like romantic. It, you know, the it gets more funny when you explain it. Every joke gets funnier? funnier when you explain it. Okay, cool. Shut up. I'm just so we'll do. Um, you're just gonna get muted, so I don't even give a shit. <laughs> ah. um, no, just that one time. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to show who has the power. Yeah. <laughs> he just says the language. I got the, the power. So, um, because he was friends with Chopin, uh, he got a lot of 
his more like romantic and I don't mean like gushy lovey-dovey I mean like putting your emotions into the music he got a lot more so of those sensibilities no, huh, some might surmise that <laughs> you can uh, but uh, there's there's been movies and stuff and a whole bunch of stuff written about like their friendship and their relationship and Chopin's relationship with a um, a famous female writer at the time George Sand she took the name George Sand because she wanted to actually, you know, get published. And as a woman, you could yeah. not do that at the so time. So if you in want music, fun fact: uh, Hugh Grant plays Chopin in the movie Impromptu, and uh, opposite Bernadette Peters as George Sand, and then fucking what's his face. Some guy plays list. Fucking what's his face? I love that guy. I love fucking what's his face. Um, so, but so he becomes friends. It with was Drew Carey. So, uh, in 1841, Listomania hits and it hits hard because um, List hooks up with this countess who can fund his tour around Europe, and he goes on tour playing because List was uh, in the early days in the 1840s when he was still like 30 some years old. He was um, he was mostly known for his piano playing, and that followed him around for the rest of his life, uh, even after the 1840s when he went really hard into composing and conducting. Everyone was like, "Oh my God, it's that pianist Franz Liszt." <sighs> Do me because they were they went. I'm me trying to imagine what? my daughter, who's 16 years 16 years old now, like, "Oh my God," because she really loves One Direction. Well, she did love One Direction. I was going to say, is that still a thing? But now she likes Bozzy. I have no idea who what? that is. Right. I don't even know what you're talking Whatever. about. Whatever. That's what I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck did you just say? Mania. Right. I this... wonder if that was like, I wonder if like 16-year-old girls at that time yeah. were the same way. I, I so, believe they probably were. He, uh, he performed, he went on tour around Europe, mostly in uh, in Germany and Austria and Italy. Um, and he performed three to four times a week for eight years. So he performed well over a thousand times. Holy shit. Yeah. He, I mean, that's he a, went hard. That's a schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he, it, Listomania started in Berlin around Christmas 1841 and like everybody knew he was there and it started when a group of 30 students serenaded him with a song that he wrote called Rheinweinlied, um, which basically is like about the Rhine and crying and it's a song, which is basically what that translates to, um, he then he performed uh, his first recital in Berlin on December 27th of that year, um, and the crowd was so enthusiastic, and the that it was known as Listomania, and it spread all the way across Europe. Now, what was so special about his playing um, during his virtuoso heyday? He was described by Hans Christian Andersen as a, quote, slim young man with dark hair hung around his pale face, which you can see if you Google pictures of him. There's a lot of, like, photographs of him as an old man, and you're like, oh. Yeah, you're like, but how then, women but then find you that look attractive? At old, but that's him when he was just, like, conducting and composing. Right. When he was playing as a pianist, like, you look up pictures of him when he was younger, and it's like, oh, well, okay, I could see that. Um and uh, he was – my favorite thing – the, the reason why I direct quoted this from Wikipedia was because it then says, he was seen as handsome with three references after it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't three have people references. concur. Um, <laughs> like many. three Yelp reviews on his handsomeness. Yeah. The German poet Heinrich Heine wrote um, how, how, how powerful – quote, how powerful, how shattering was his mere physical appearance. Like he was striking. He wore his hair in this like meticulously – but Bob all the time, like straight hair. He had really striking features. 
He completely changed the art of performance forever. Before that, no one thought that a solo pianist could hold an audience's attention. Um, He coined the term recital, which was small, more informal performances rather than a symphony concert. Um, It usually featured singers or other instrumentalists, too. He was the first person to turn the piano to the side so that the audience could see his face and his fingers playing at the same time. So he's like old school Billy Joel. Yeah, sort of, well, yeah. Okay. Or but Tori Amos. Like, a bottle of red. When you said right, a Tori bottle of red. You were talking about listomania and like, people Joel. who perform. My yeah. first thought was, okay, Elton John, obviously. Yeah. But he like Tori Amos, too. Like she's... She's, yeah, she's got he, that that heat. You know what I mean. He was the first when person, it comes to the piano. He was heat. the first person to turn the piano <laughs> to the side so they could see him playing, and um, how dramatic he was being. He would whip his hair around like beads of sweat would fling into the crowd, and they would like pass Ooh. out. They would like, open their mouths, they accept them as water. I'm not joking. Like that's I know you're legit. Not. That's yeah, why I said that. I'm like, legit. They were like, thank you he for was, your sweat, sir. He was the first person to strut out from the wings of the stage to the piano and be like, yes, thank you for being here. Before that, it was, was just it, like, like, I'm going to just did, like, did like Eminem come out like, and make a, a formal apology for like, no. You got to uh, He was also the first person to popularize playing from memory because it was just not done. It was seen as arrogant to play from memory. Like, oh, look what I can do. Because before this, it was all about the music being about the composer. And we're going to listen to what the composer has to say. And it was not about interpretation at all. You didn't do any interpretation. It was just about the composer. And then Franz Liszt was like, how about I just do whatever? Because it's really about the the, the relationship between the audience and the performer. And honestly, it is. It is. Because you can and perform anything if you, if you have that confidence that like that charm, that charisma, yeah. like people, and he had will it in droves, it. and he interpreted like crazy. He added cadenzas, which are like extra little solos at the end of things. He added different than credenzas. Thank you. Are there any woo girls outside? No, there's a lady with a cart that has flowers, oh. and I'm excited. Like I want to go get some flowers. She, but not right um, now. Don't cut this short. Go get some flowers. No. Pause. No. 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 We're no. not cutting. Power through. We'll power through. Doing it. Power through. Keep power going. through. Keep going. Keep going. He would play things like Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. You know, the very oh, slow, like do 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 And he would play that presto instead of largo. Largo is super duper slow, like as slow as the grave, and presto is like as fast as humanly possible. So he would play that like that Moonlight Sonata, that slow peaceful song. He would play that as fast as possible and just add shit to it, and everyone was like, what? Sonata. Is that? Yeah. Okay, I got it. I just sang it while you were talking, so maybe you should pay attention, Calvin. Maybe I oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, um, and then and he was distracted he, by the. He admitted my wife is sitting next to me. She's super hot. And he admitted <laughs> <laughs> you were distracted She's by what's out the window, Calvin. So shut up. Super Adidas outfit. That's fine. Um, but he admitted that he would just do this shit to get applause because he was just like, because I can, because I'm Franz Liszt, motherfucker. And then he would, like, play Baroque pieces by, like, Handel or Bach and add things underneath it, and it sounded great. Baroque as shit. So, I play Baroque pieces yeah, I all love the that time. Baroque okay, the so listomania itself was a term coined by Heinrich Heine, uh, the poet at the time. Um, his list's playing was reported to, quote, raise the mood of the audience to a level of mystical ecstasy. Um, his admirers ecstasy. would swarm over him. They would fight over his handkerchiefs and gloves. Um, fans would this wear his portrait it. on brooches and cameos. Women would try to get locks of his hair. 
And if he broke a piano string during her performance, because he would, because he was fucking intense, <laughs> a, like, audience members would try to grab it and make it into a bracelet. Was this back um, before artists had, like... So, I mean, like, I watch artists, and if you see, like, behind-the-scenes videos... So, case in point, even though... Uh, what's his name? Justin Timberlake doesn't play... He does play an instrument, but he yeah. generally doesn't. Yeah. People who play instruments... U2 is a better example. Bono plays a guitar... And if you see off to the side in any videos of him, there'll be like 30 different guitars that are already strung. Yeah. Should something break. Yeah. They can give him another guitar. Right. Yeah. Well, with the, there of, were not the multiple piano. pianos. Yeah. They were, they were, they were he just multiple. powered through and was like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, okay. All right. So, oh, um, some female admirers were admirers would even carry glass files and into which they poured his coffee dregs. Um, one oh, of the nice. most famous stories is that, um, what? and this is a report oh, at the time. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. I don't, um, I don't think this gets better. Sorry. I mean, it gets worse. It gets, I, I hope it gets better. Slash, it gets more. Um, list, uh, quote, List once threw away an old cigar stump in the street under the oh, watchful eyes of an infatuated stump, lady they? in waiting. No. Who reverently picked up the offensive weed out of the gutter. They called the cigar stump an offensive weed. Let's just mm. talk about that. Yeah. Had it encased in a locket and surrounded with the monogram FL in diamonds, for Franz Liszt, and went about her courtly duties unaware of the sickly odor it gave forth. A disgusting old little tiny ratty ass used up cigar. Cigar butt. Ugh. Put it in a locket and everyone with was diamonds. like, okay, that stinks to high heaven. And she's like, but it's Bitches Franz were desperate. List. Yes. I feel like um, that's like the stuff that you get institutionalized for now. I'm just gonna put that <laughs> oh, out there. they were institutionalized for it back then. That's and how a restraining order happened. Because mm-hmm. Governor Engler closes, closes all of the asylums. Well, that's like so that. that um, so clear on how that happened. What's that now. new? There was a movie that came out recently where like the the new girlfriend or whatever was obsessed and or ex-girlfriend was obsessed and like tried to like kill them. What was that? It was like. A lot of them. There's a so lot many. of shows. I don't know. Calvin fell over. I, I, I feel like I need a different so, face from you. I feel like he'll I be fine. A, Back a, in, this is a somewhat normal. So this occurrence. was during. Just, this was during the decade of the 1840s. And the all right, decade, so Steph, what, 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 at least Kiki, what else you got? So in the whatever my name is, <laughs> fuck you, nope. um, Kiki. I'm not the, diving out of a moving fucking car for you, but yeah. Um, it was no. It was an actual medical condition. Like people, it was defined as that because mania was not something that was thrown around as like p- just people getting excited. Mania was a an actual uh, <laughs> condition. Picture time. Um, and people were diagnosed with it, and it was seen as like a contagious disease. Um, and the uh, let's see. Oh. Basically, like doctors, there were doctors who quote specialized in female. Calvin, diseases. wake up! Calvin, <laughs> I don't even give a shit. Um, <laughs> Calvin, be dead. Because at least he's not interrupting me. So, oh, um, <laughs> so he would. Let's see. They talked about the the ways in which he was performing. So, like, it was a small, like, enclosed hall. It was filled with candles. The energy was really high. And these doctors were giving these bullshit reasons for why they thought it was like this medical, like transferable disease. I got the papers. They said, uh, "Let's see, close hall, close hall, 
filled with countless wax lights and several hundred perfumed and perspiring human beings of historical epilepsy, the phenomenon of tickling, which I don't, the whatever. What? The phenomena of tickling? Apparently. Phenomena. Phenomena. The phenomena of phenomena. They. Wait, is there an explanation to that? I. You don't. Okay. That's fine. It's fine. But, um, like, I think. The next thing is uh, musical cantharides, which I looked it up, which means aphrodisiacs. So they literally thought that his music was like orgasmic, which I feel that. I get do. it, right? That's like Marvin Gaye. Like, let's, let's get it on, it right? Right now. Let's get it on, right? So, uh, all I'm saying is uh, Barber Adagio for Strings. Just saying. Wait, what? So, I don't even know what you just, just said. Listen to the show Barber later. Barber Adagio? L- listen to Joe DiMaggio. Okay. Just think about it. Yeah. Okay, it I'm good. <laughs> so, um, but he could really, he, he knew how to get his audiences going and he knew yeah, what, yeah. Could, what could get them going. There it is. And um, Whoop. people, there it is. Well, some people think that just because uh, a lot of this happened in Berlin and like northern Germany, that it was just because Berlin was so repressed that Liszt just blew their minds. But this effect happened in Italy too, where they were like more open about everything. Um, Beatlemania also was like someone published an article that's uh, in the New York Statesman that's now referred to as their most complained about piece. That the mania, Beatlemania, was a modern incarnation of female hysteria, and that the wild fans of the Beatles concerts were, quote, the least fortunate of their generation, the dull, the idle, the failures. And. Then it was promptly, like, disproved. So, like, that the bullshit idea of, oh, it's just women problems <laughs> also came back in the 1960s. So it, eh. it never really – I mean, it never really went away. Let's be real. Real. But, um, yeah, like, List was the OG. Like, women were – Putting his cigarette butts in lockets at that least, is, at least that we know of. That Who is, knows where else they put that them. That is gross. Um, and <laughs> that <there's>, is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should hide this locket I'm wearing. There's a there's a, there's a movie called Listomania starring Roger Daltrey in 1975. It's a song by the Phoenix. Called also, Listomania. yes, yeah. yes. There you go. But I looked up the movie, and it is a time um, because it's this really like garbage like. Bizarre fever dream. I described a bizarre fever dream of sex, violence, and rock and roll. So it's fairly accurate about his life, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Clearly, there's a trailer on YouTube. There's also clips on YouTube, like Wagner, who he was friends with. Actually, his daughter Cosima married Wagner. Oh, um, that's Wagner. Awesome. So on um, on YouTube, <laughs> on YouTube, there's a clip from Listomania of Wagner, who was super anti-Semitic. Rising up ah. out of a Nazi coffin oh. like Nosferatu, just and then using his electric guitar as a machine gun firing nope. directly into the <laughs> nope. audience. Nope, which nope. is a pretty We're accurate. Noping. It's I'm a so pretty accurate representation. No, no, no. Mm-mm. It's a pretty accurate representation of what it's like to go to a Wagner opera. It's just Wagner rising up and being like "fuck you" and just firing <laughs> his music at you. Um, and then, I mean, Wagner raids a Jewish ghetto in the 1940s Germany with a bunch of schoolgirls in Wonder Woman capes, and one of them sees List what? through a window Ooh. and stabs a voodoo doll of him with a needle, which I guess kills him. So the movie isn't all like clever metaphors. Some of it's just like what so. The check fuck? out this terrible so movie. So check out Listomania because it's awful, and I want to see it so bad. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'd walk out of that going, "What did I, I just feel like see? we should yeah. watch this together." 
and just live stream it. We should. A riff, um, a riff track? So, yeah. what happened after Listomania? He gave it up. He gave up the tour in 1849, but his reputation followed him the rest of his life. He went on to compose over 1,400 works and did some conducting as well. And then uh, he got pneumonia in 18, 1886, and then he died. And also, this is a movie where Jeremy Irons plays him, I guess. Oh, nice. There Jeremy we go. There's one picture Simple of him. Simon, said the pieman. <laughs> yeah. he, w- he was trying to have Simba that Simba, it's to die for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, that was... I'm sorry, pills down, bounced off your tits. Wait, 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 no, no. Jeremy Irons. And then my thigh. Jeremy Irons, was so, he know. Was he Scar? He was. Both but he was also thing. the brother of Hans Gruber. All right. In, okay, I did so, that well. Yeah. I did that yeah. well. It is yeah. time now that Ellie has given us concluded. beautiful. I concluded real hard. Yeah, you did. Yeah. It's time to pop out the plugs. Go down. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, sure. Uh, Deepwater Games, SourcePoint Press, uh, Kraken Print, because everybody loves Kraken. Oh. <laughs> Release the Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Snake Oil Comics and uh, podcast this week. Uh, listen to uh, Cosplay Confidential. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> such a great podcast that I haven't listened to. Okay, so. Which uh, you should, and, since I you should, were like, I, will be I should do an episode about cosplay. And I was like. I was just like. In a moment, it's not going to ever happen. And, and as always, <laughs> as always, fuck Steve. Fuck Steve. Fuck Steve. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Don't apologize. Sorry, no, Steve. Sorry. no, no. Fuck Steve. He's fine. Like <laughs> I like Steve. I like Steve too. But fuck Steve. Oh. <laughs> All right, Cal. What do you what do you plug in this week? So, uh, you know, with his wife's <laughs> next one. There's there's the Detroit Bus Company. Buses. <laughs> Buses. Yeah. Being Melissa. Buses, I was bitches. The Melissa hole. Buses, bitches. Crazy. So we do <laughs> TheDetroitBus.com where we do bus tours. We do African-American history tours, Hispanic history tours, uh, drugs of antiquity tours, which I clearly seem to be at the end point of. Or <laughs> right, I have to do a tour right after this, which is terrible. Um, we have uh, brewery tours. All Check us out. Anyway, TheDetroitBus.com. And then my own podcast... Leading questions with Calvin Moore, where I don't drink at all because I don't want this to happen. <laughs> you don't want to fall over in the middle of someone telling a I'm story. Totally fine. <laughs> Everybody's fine. All right, wait Dave. till my next episode because I'm going to be super, super hammered. For I can't it. wait. Oh, it's next. Trust me on it. What do I have? I have a uh, podcast Detroit.com, all your shit. Um, DetroitShippingCompany.com, all your shit. We have all the good things. Did we? Are, Dude, we are – we're Visa. We're everywhere you want to be. And ah. if you haven't figured that out yet, fuck you. Also, come okay. see me bartend here at Detroit Shipping Company starting Monday night. Woohoo. I will be here Monday night for football. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's me. Um, you can – since I was going to plug Cosplay Confidential, but Dev already did it for me. So um, you can find Cosplay Confidential, but I will tell you where you can find us on yes. Podcast Destroy. I hate when, dude, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard Calvin came prematurely. <laughs> You'd have a dollar. I'd have a, a dollar. You'd have a dollar. So nobody you can find talks Cosplay Confidential on Two. iTunes, no, Google Podcasts, anywhere fine podcasts are found. You can also find our Instagram page, at Cosplay Confidential, where we post... Um, pictures and, and links to the different cosplayers that we interview, uh, usually in the Metro Detroit or Michigan area, but there's uh, several that we've interviewed 
interviewed from across the country as well. You can find us at uh, probably at Yomacon coming up. Um, Yay! We'll be we'll be wandering around. At least I will be wandering around Continuum Con. Oh, I hate the content. I'm going to call Continuum, continuum in Romulus. In Romulus, well, the first done, Star Trek reference. There we go. And um, if you like uh, Pam Poovy cosplays, then you can find me at Real Kiki Elise on Instagram. Yes. I feel like watching Archer would help me better understand our friendship. I have had people... Why are you not watching Archer? I have people all right, who have so watched Archer because StephanieMinard.com for all your okay. Stephanie Minard needs. Hold on. Thank you so Fuck much you, for Calvin. listening. Thank you so much for listening. And for now, until next time, I'm she Stephanie. I am the color man Big Dev. I'm, I'm I just Calvin. got fingered. I'm Ellie. I'm Dave, who just got fingered. <laughs> I bet he did. In Bye, the bungle. That, that is the end of the episode. <laughs>